Women Taking the Lead, Episode 124. I think it's more about what people don't say than what they do say. And if you can listen between the lines or read between the lines, that's when you're going to hear the emotion and that's when what you're going to hear what people really want and what their needs really are. So that's what I work on really hard is to listen and meet them on their level. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Marissa Lawton, who is a self-esteem and strategy coach for mompreneurs. In a previous life, Marissa was a mental health counselor who specialized in women's issues. Today, she uses her training as a licensed therapist, along with her business degree, to help moms raise their biz babies while raising their real-life babies. Marissa, that's just a little intro for everyone, so tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Thanks, Jody. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to be speaking with your audience and getting to know you. Um, my humble beginnings, I, you know, I really kind of think they are humble. Um, I grew up in a very, very small town in northern Arizona, um, and I also was raised by a single mom. Um, my background, my parents divorced when I was five, um, and my dad was very much a part of my life, so I still had that, you know, father figure. Um, but when my parents were married, it was just a very verbally and emotionally abusive situation. Um, a lot of people think, you know, divorce means you come from a dysfunctional family, but honestly, my family just functioned so much better once my parents split. Um, but because I was raised by a single mom, you know, we, we grew up without a lot of extras. I always had what I needed. Um, but I never had the gymnastics classes or the fancy clothes or, you know, when we went to our, um, our eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C., I wasn't able to go. So, you know, some of those things um, I, I wasn't able to participate in just because the money wasn't there. Um, but one thing that was always great for me was that my mom, being a single mom, she owned our home and she was a professional. Um, she had a professional job. So even though I didn't get a lot of time with her, I didn't get a lot of extras. She was definitely a role model for me. Um, growing up and seeing that, you know, women can make things happen without a man in their life. Um, that was kind of like my biggest message from her growing up. Wow. And, you know, I know a lot of people, um, you know, who struggle with their parents' divorce. It's a very emotional time. And, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things, you know, where um, even I have like some internal conflict around, I'm not married, so I'm totally speaking from like my married friends, my parents and, and what they've said around like, you know, the, the decision between really working to keep the marriage together and recognizing when perhaps maybe this marriage shouldn't have occurred. Right. And in the first place. Um, and it's tough on the kids. It, it's tough, um, you know, when they're separate, but it sounds like for you, you recognize, I don't know if you came to understand that or if you recognized it right away, like life got better. Oh, I definitely came to recognize that, you know, when being a five-year-old and not understanding where, where one of your parents is or why your parents live in two separate houses and things, that was definitely a struggle. And, um, even all the way, I think up and through high school, um, 
having to have, you know, two graduation celebrations and just things like that. It it always Mm -hmm. was very different, but definitely in hindsight and definitely since I've started my own family, um, the, the divorce was definitely better for us, uh, for my sisters and I. Yeah. And is that what influenced you to go into mental health counseling? Kind of in a roundabout way. Um, you know, I, I started in business and, um, I realized that working in kind of a corporate finance environment, I I realized there was a piece that was missing. Um, and so when I did some soul searching, I found that, that I loved the strategy and I loved the analyzing, but I missed being a helper. Um, so I had the opportunity when my husband deployed to Afghanistan cause we're in the army. Um, I, I took that deployment and that's when I got my master's. Mm. Wow. It, it looks like now you've come full circle, like started in business, went into counseling and now you're back into helping people around their businesses. Exactly. It's, um, it's been an opportunity for sure for a lot of self-exploration and a lot of a lot of trial and error, you know, doing several years in in corporate business and finding out what was lacking there and then um, switching to a really soft social science um, where it's really just interpersonal and figuring out, okay, what part of my personality was missing there and now having the opportunity to kind of um, marry those and really yeah. take them forward and combine the best parts of myself. And that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel very fortunate. And, you know, you've definitely, I can definitely get, see the, um, the journey you've been on and, and would love to explore that a little bit more. Cause now there's a, you know, cause entrepreneurship I've heard said, and, and I agree with it. It's probably one, they say it's probably one of the biggest personal development journeys you can put yourself on as well. You learn a lot about yourself when you own a business and receive clearly had success, come a long way, gain confidence, can hear it in your voice. You, you have that, um, you know, not to say that you're not still learning and growing, but it sounds like you have a good foundation, know who you are and where you want to go. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Absolutely. I've got to go. I've got a little preface and then I've got the story, but I've got to go back a little bit. Um, again, how I had a single mom and how we didn't have a lot growing up. I remember being um, the first aha moment was sitting at an assembly in eighth grade. Um, And it was right before, you know, your eighth grade graduation going into high school, talking about the importance of education and how things in high school start to matter, like your grades, like your reputation, like your volunteering, all of those things matter so that you can get to college. And I remember just sitting in that assembly and it was honestly like a light bulb went off in my head. Like, oh my gosh, this is my ticket. This is my ticket out of this tiny town. This is my way to make something for myself. I need to figure out how to get a scholarship to college. Um, And so, you know, graduated eighth grade, started high school and just really, really worked hard. And one of the things that I kept in the back of my mind was like, I just would fantasized and daydream about college and going to university would I go to the University of Hawaii and and study on a beach every day and just live this beachy boho lifestyle or you know would I go to Nashville and and be part of the country music scene and live that way or my favorite um, baseball team is the Chicago Cubs so I I fantasized about going 
to college in um, Chicago and being able to catch a Cubs game whenever I wanted. And so it was really something that got me through, I think got me through some of that struggle of my parents' divorce, but also kind of just um, was a motivator to keep working hard because I knew that I could make it happen. Um, But then, you know, my junior year came around and I started, you know, getting thinking about where I was going to apply. And I was contacted by Arizona State University um, uh, to come and kind of be part of their um, spectacular seniors type thing. And basically, they offered me a full ride scholarship. Um, So in a way, that was everything I'd been working for. But at the same time, it was my mom's alma mater. It was two hours from home. It was in Phoenix, which is a city I knew very well because my dad actually moved to Phoenix. So my visitation every other weekend was in Phoenix with him. Um, So I don't know. I just jumped at the chance for the stability and the security and being close to home. Um, But I also feel like I was doing that because for so many years, it had been just my mom and I. And I felt like I needed to stay close to her and I needed to stay close to what I knew. Um, So even though some of those daydreams had gotten me through some of the rougher times, when it came down to it, I feel like I kind of chose Arizona State because for all the wrong reasons, almost, Um, even though it was a great business school and even though it was a great um, college environment, it wasn't what I really wanted. Um, and so I think like my biggest takeaway from that was just that, um, you know, yes, we, we have family obligations, but there, there comes a time in life where it's your time to fly, your time to make your own mistakes and your time to make your own decisions. Um, and I, I think that that kind of needs to be on you and you don't have to always fulfill your family obligations or, or feel like you're responsible to your family if it's not going to be the best situation for you. Oh, Marissa, that's such a great start. Cause I don't think you're alone in the experience of, I had big dreams, but when the opportunity came, I chose something safe. And, you know, I think sometimes when we're really scared to do what it is we want to do, especially to go out in the world and have an adventure or take on something big, we look for really valid reasons why we shouldn't do it. Exactly. And why we should do something else instead. And it all makes perfect logical sense. But in our heart of hearts, when we look back, we, we still wonder, like, was that the best decision? Right. Could I have done something else? And, you know, I, I never would have met my husband and I never there a lot of these things never would have happened if I had chosen a different school. Um, but that's still something that I think back on as one of those definitive moments where that choice changed the course of my life, mm. you know, and and being an army spouse, I have many more opportunities to travel now and I see parts of the world that I wouldn't have seen. But. I still sometimes think about if I had done this on my own, if I had taken that risk and and gone on that adventure on my own. And how have you applied? You said you had the 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 takeaway of of realizing that sometimes, you know, you you have to make yourself. Right. You know, the the reason behind the decision. How do you apply that in your life now? You know, I think um starting a business and, and each, even each time that we knew we moved to a new army base, um, you have the opportunity to 
to just find out the pieces of you that you love and to expand upon them. Um, and you're always making your own way because you're starting over from scratch every single time you move somewhere new. Um, so you really become, begin to rely on yourself and you really get to the point where you know that you can make your life what you want to make it, regardless of where you live or the people that you're, you're meeting or that you're surrounded with. Yeah. And we talked um, before uh, we hit the record button about how you said, like, every time you move, you have this opportunity to reflect on how did I go about, you know, um, integrating into the community the last time I moved? Is that the same way I want to do it? Did it work for me? Or do I want to try something different? So there's always there's that great opportunity uh, for you on occasion to, you know, hit the reset button. Absolutely. And like even not even just how you're relating with your new community, but how you're showing up for yourself and how you're showing up in your life. Mm, That's really awesome. All right, let's continue this story a little further down the line. I believe you're going to take us. Tell us about a time when you had a wake up call or an aha moment. For some people, it hits them over the the head. And for others, they've said it's been a slow awakening. But tell us the story of your wake up call and the steps that you took that led to your success. Absolutely. So yeah, fast forward a few years. Um, I had gone to business school. I'd worked in the corporate world for a while. I had um, found out that wasn't really for me and chose the mental health path. And then um, I became a mom. And I, I think that for many women, motherhood is another just quintessential part of your life that is, it's where you make huge changes, leaps and bounds. And so my daughter was actually born with... Um, some health concerns. And luckily, now that she is almost two, everything really has has resolved. And anything that we were scared about when she was born um, is, is really not an issue anymore. But at the time, um, you know, we didn't know, we honestly were at the point where we didn't know what her life was going to look like. The words wheelchair were thrown around and, and things like that. So I'm just very thankful that that's not happened. But um, because of the circumstances of her birth, um, I left my job and kind of chose to stay home with her. And I think the combination of not having that purpose outside of the home, as well as being scared to death about what was going to happen to her, I just, I was in the middle of smack dab of postpartum depression. And even though, you know, I was a mental health, you know, professional and I knew all the signs and everything, it still happened to me. You know, I wasn't immune to, to depression or anxiety just because I knew what they were supposed to look like or what they were supposed to feel like. Um, And, you know, another thing is I always knew I was kind of going to be an entrepreneur going back to like the theme of my life that I've always kind of made my own way. And I always knew that I had the power to make my life what I wanted. Um, But I never thought I would be an entrepreneur in my late twenties ever. I um, thought that that was something you did when, after you'd had a, a successful career, 20, 30 years in a career, or after your children were grown, I never thought that you would do something with a brand new baby um, at a young age. So I think that those were kind of two limiting beliefs that I had was that young women can be successful in business on their own um, and that new moms can find the time and, and find the ability and that it's okay 
to um, be something more than a new mom. Yeah. Um, so after staying home for about six months, it's just, it started to click where I was like, oh, like we were talking about putting together the two pieces of myself where I, I'm a strategist and I'm a helper. And those are okay. Those don't have to be conflicting. Those can work together. And yes, right now I have to stay home with her and I have to um, help her develop and see if if everything is going to turn out okay. Um, And maybe someday I'll go back to work. But in the meantime, I can start something of my own and I can start a business now. Who cares that I'm young or who cares that I have a baby? Yeah, I'm right there with you because I did not grow up with that entrepreneurial mind frame either. And I know other, I have friends who are also entrepreneurs now who are also said we didn't become entrepreneurs till we were in our 30s. Right. Right. That 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 it's just, you know, we all hit times in our life where this is what makes the most sense. It makes the most sense to have my own business. And I know some people call it like falling into jobs or falling into careers. I kind of think of it more like a door opened. Right. Right. This opportunity arose and I took it. And that's what I'm hearing you say that, you know, if all these conditions hadn't come together and yes, it was scary and it was tough, you know, and you were going through a lot, but this was a door that opened for you. And you took it. It was an aha, like, oh, I can have my own business and take care of my baby at the same time. Absolutely. And I would almost even take that a step further was that a door was shut on me, you know, for for circumstances that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. The the path that I was on, the door was shut. And so it was like, okay, now what? And so I I feel like I found a new door or I found a new path or whatever. So it's almost out of necessity. Yeah, it's it's that, um, you know, it's I've heard it called the baby effect. Yes. Right. When your back is up against the wall, your choices are limited, like all of a sudden your creativity and your motivation like just explode because something has to get done and you do it. Right. Oh, my gosh. My I was a organized um person before I was very good at time management before but again like having her and having hey I have two hours and normally it would have taken me two hours just to do one task now I can knock out 12 you know it just just happens (laughs) my sister-in-law always says that you know when she was um a single woman you know she was working and going to school she never had any free time and then after she had her first child, she realized she had so much free time. She just didn't realize it. And then when she had her second child, she realized when she had one child, she had so much free time, (laughs) you know, and then on and then on. It's like one of those things where you don't realize how much you can get done in a short amount of time until you don't have a choice. That's all the time that you have. Yes. And one of my (laughs) latest projects that I think we'll talk about a little bit later, but I show women like mathematically, okay, if you account for eight hours of sleep and then, you know, mathematically you have this much time now, how you use it or what you do with it is another story, but the numbers say you have this much time. Um, And so once people see it broken down like that, they can say, oh my gosh, wow. Now I really, I really do know that the time is there. I just have to figure out how to use it correctly. Yes. And doing it with some awareness. I think when we're on autopilot going through our days, we have no idea how much time we're spending on things that aren't even a priority for us. They're just our normal. It's habitual. Absolutely. And I think I was kind of queen of autopilot before I was faced with this, um, this life altering 
happening when she was born. Um, you know, I just kind of was going along and I, life had always been what I had made it, like I said, and, and all of a sudden I couldn't make this, I couldn't control this situation. Um, I couldn't, the, I, the more I worked, it didn't really make a difference. It just was, we have to wait and see how this pans out. And that was just absolutely terrifying. Um, and so that really knocked me off that autopilot and it it made me kind of grab the controls and face what was going on and, and not just kind of glide through. Mm. And that's a great segue, Marissa, because you've had quite an evolution through the changings of your careers and motherhood. Um, And we talked about this a little bit before about how, you know, sometimes, especially as women, we get caught up in what a leader is. And we kind of have this notion or this like box that leaders live in. But as you and I were chatting about, like, we're all leaders, but we lead differently and it looks differently for everyone. So how would you describe your leadership style? Absolutely. And I think that this, my leadership style is, again, a combination of that strategist piece of me and that helper piece of me. But I don't believe that anyone is in a box, let alone leaders or, or, or anybody. And so my real style of leadership that I've cultivated kind of through counseling and through, through being a counselor and through just working with people is that I have, I have the ability to kind of just meet people exactly where they are in their process, um, you know, through, through just the listening skills that I've cultivated in, in mental health and, and just knowing kind of the strategy behind that. But I think that taking them from where they are in their process to their next step. I don't want to put people in a box and I don't believe that people are one size fits all or that one size um, strategies or solutions fit everybody. Um, So, you know, when I work with clients or when I'm um, just trying to be inspirational for people, I want to, to inspire them from the point where they are in their lives to get them to their personal next step. Awesome. And you mentioned working with clients, which leads me to ask, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I'm just really excited about what I'm doing with moms in general. So, you know, my main mission comes from the fact that um, what, what catapulted me out of my postpartum depression was the fact that our lives do not have to be all about our babies. We can be excellent, excellent mothers and still have passions and purposes beyond motherhood. Um, so my, my whole project right now is just helping moms take the first step in that, in finding their passion beyond motherhood. And I kind of found that people, um, fall into two groups with this. They either don't quite have the mindset or the frame of mind to do that yet. They still think, oh, but a a mom isn't um, a business owner or a new mom needs to be all about her baby. And so um, part of this is I take them through that and I say it's okay to want more and it's okay um, to, to take your time away from your baby because you're working on self-development and you're working on yourself. Um, and then the other camp that I find people fall into is they've gotten the mindset right, but they don't exactly know how to do that. Okay, I want to have something more, but how do I vacuum and how do I sweep and how do I... Um, still be an awesome mother, an awesome sister, wife, daughter, and be a business owner. Um, so then I kind of help them with the strategy part of that. Um, and that's where I've really been able to blend those two parts of myself. Um, 
And so right now I have kind of two free resources out there for moms. And one is my More Than Mom mini course, which is all about the mindset. It's just seven really inspirational lessons um, to help you kind of boost your confidence about wanting more. And then the other um, thing that I have is I call it my feel good schedule challenge. And that's where I go through step by step and help moms um, develop schedules so that they can do all the things that they that they want in their life, that they can find the time for their business and they can time find the time for their families. Oh, I love that. So you've got the um, intangible mindset and tactical right? I, <laughs> calendar, productivity app. So like people can get both right. if they need them or one or the other. Because I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be being true to myself if I said people are, are one or the other because I'm not one or the other. I, this, that's been my whole lesson through this is that I, I have the strategy part, but I need the mindset part too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that, I think that offering um, alternatives for moms, again, to meet them where they are, do they need yeah. that mindset confidence boost or have they got that under control, but they need the, the know-how? Well, I can help you with both. Awesome. All right, Marissa, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I think the practice that I have and that I'm always trying to work harder at is listening for those undertones. Like, I think it's more about what people don't say than what they do say. Um, And if you can listen between the lines or read between the lines, that's when you're going to hear the emotion and that's when what you're going to hear what people really want and what their needs really are. Um, so that's what I work on really hard is to listen and meet them on their level. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? The book that I've loved and I've used twice in my life now, switching from business school and pursuing my master's. And then also I revisited it, um, going, starting the Risk Lawton company is called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And one of my favorite um, parts about this book is it, it's, again, kind of like we were talking about, it has the overview of, of what is success. And then at the end, it has really applicable, um, applicable things that you can try and actionable steps. Um, and my favorite one that he did is to look back into your childhood and what is something that you've been good at, even when you were five years old, um, were you always drawing or were you always singing or whatever it is? And you can see that some of your talents are innate and have been around since even when you were a child. Um, and those are the things that you want to be capitalizing on to find success. I love that. And what advice would you give your younger self? Mm. If I was going to talk to my younger self, I think I would tell myself that life is not going to turn out or look anything like you thought it would at all, like at all. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be amazing and wonderful and turn out as it's supposed to. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Something that I kind of um, just spit out when I was working with a client once, and it just has always stuck with me, is I said, all love starts with self-love. And I think that that's something that we just have to know. And we we cannot love others until we love ourselves. And we cannot give to others uh, the way that we're meant to give until we've given to ourselves. 
I like that one. And lastly, Marissa, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? I think the best way to connect with me right now is on my Instagram, which is at Riz Lawton. I share daily quotes. I share daily tips. Um, and that's also where you'll find the links to all of the articles that I write and the challenges that I put out um, and the testimonials from people who've worked with me in the past. So I, all, I kind of combine all of that in one place on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I have a link to your website where women can find out how to connect with you and join your community as well. But I'm a big fan of Instagram as well. So I would say to anyone who is on Instagram, definitely check it out. If you're not, you can still find her, even if you don't have an account. So, and for those of you listening as well, I know you guys are often on the go. So, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared at this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Marissa, thank you so much for taking the time out to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. This has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.